there's darkness, that there is light. It means that miracles still happen today because Jesus still happens today. It means that the kingdom of God is alive because the king of God is alive. And so God, I pray right now for my friends and my family, for myself, that you come tonight, God, and that you shake us up a little bit, God, that you inspire us and show us that you are real, that you're not some God that's meant to be put in a box or a place that we just go to church every Sunday, but you're meant to, you come and you make us alive in Christ. So God, I thank you that you are simple, but you are real. You are mysterious and you are deep. And yet we can never understand you, but yet we get to receive you. <laughs> I pray right now, God, that you come and show us how real you are. Yeah. John, will you just sing this chorus again over us? I thank you that you're good. And I thank you that this is just the beginning of what you want to do tonight. Yeah. We love you, God. We thank you for first loving us. Come and have your way tonight, God, and speak to us and through us and have your way. We want to know you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we give the worship band a round of applause, please? So good. Man, guys, well, thank you so much for coming out on this rainy evening. Uh, it's pretty crazy to think that a school year is wrapping up and almost done. 
And it's crazy. We only have, uh, man, one, two more uh, lives left. Next week, we're going to be worship on the quad behind the union. It's going to be outside. It's going to be awesome. If you have friends from other ministries, I know there's some people here from InterVarsity. Our heartbeat of why we do that is to have all the ministries on this campus come together and celebrate as a family what God's done this year. So please come check us out and invite friends if you want to. And then the week after that, our seniors are going to be sharing. So it's crazy that the end of the year is almost here. And that this is our last night in the Y. Um, man, it's just, it's exciting. Um, well, hey, before we start tonight, this is a very special day for two reasons. One is because Kundai is speaking, and it's going to be super powerful. Actually, three reasons. The other special reason is because the one and only Clay Harrington is in the house. So you know it's about to get crunk up in here, right, Clay? <laughs> Man, so, man, get ready. We don't know what's going to happen tonight. But three, because it's my one and only, one of the, my most favorite people in the entire world's birthday tonight, the one and only Naomi Cheriton. <laughs> Naomi, will you come up? Come on, Gnomes. Come up here. Come on. <laughs> Isn't she so beautiful inside and out? She is. Guys, she is single, but you have to come talk to me first. <laughs> But look at this smile. She's awesome. If you don't know, she's my intern here, and she makes pretty much everything run smoothly and cool. Her and Mariah do all the posts, and she does so much behind the scenes, and most of all, she puts up with me. And if you don't know, but that's a job and it's half. Everyone's like, amen to that. But I just wanted to celebrate her on her birthday. She's so special to me and all of us. And so can we just go out and just sing happy birthday to gnomes? Yeah. All right, ready? The count of one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Cha, cha, cha. Happy birthday to you. It's you, gnomes. Happy birthday, dear gnomes. Happy birthday to you. Well, guys, I told you Kundai was buying you ice cream after the service. So join us at Coco Mero to celebrate Naomi's birthday after the service tonight. We'd love for you to join us. So can we give Naomi a round of applause? Thank you. All right. Man, well, after that, we are just so excited for what God's going to do tonight. You know, um, John Urban, who is leading worship up here in Kundai, They've been a part of this ministry longer than I have, believe it or not. Uh, even when it's been called multiple different names, I think they've both been here when it's been called two different names. And they've just stayed the course. They've stayed the course for what God uh, is wanting to do on this campus. And it's, so, it's just so amazing to see the fruit in Kundai Mugabe's life. Uh, he's a guy, if you don't know him, you want to get to know him. Uh, you just, every time he talks, it just, you just sense Jesus in him. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say that like, oh, it's a good thing to say. But literally, you just sense that this guy knows Jesus. And when you hang out around him, you could be having the worst day, but you just get a little more happy about life, right? Who, anyone knows Kundai? Is that true? Yes? Yeah, if you don't know Kunai, I don't know how you don't know him because this dude knows everyone on campus. Like, he's late a lot, and I'm late too. But he actually has a good reason for being late to things because he's just always talking to people about Jesus. You know, if you go hang out with him, he'll just 
probably see at least 20 people on the way to lunch and from lunch. So tonight's going to be an amazing night. I'm so excited to introduce my one and my only brother, Kundai Mugabe. Can you give him a round of applause, please? And I just thought it would be super special to have our brother, older brother, your intern pastor, Clay Harrington, to come up and uh, pray you in. If you guys don't know Clay, he's an evangelist pastor of the Vineyard. He brings it every time he speaks. Um, you don't let me know, bro. <laughs> he came to surprise Kundai. He's like, Rod, do you think, you think Kundai will be nervous that I'm there? I'm like, no, he's going to get pumped or there. I hope so. But, man, you know, the anointing's just thicker because Clay's here, so. So, Father, I just bless my brother right now in Jesus' name. And you grace his lips. That the fire that's burning in his heart, Lord God, translate to hearts and minds today, Lord God. And that you partner with Kundai and only, the only way that you and Kundai can partner, Lord God, to bring your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have fun, bro. That's nuts. That's so cool. <laughs> But it's nuts, but it's cool. Wow. Beginning to notice a trend. Uh, every time something about Clay is happening at a live, it always comes attached with me giving out ice cream. <laughs> so, uh, gotta bear that in mind in the future. Clay's around, you know that ice cream is probably gonna be happening. Awesome. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome to a live. Thank you so much for making it out. Appreciate so much, you guys making it out. So as Ryan mentioned, I have the great pleasure and privilege of wrapping up a message series that we've been on. So this is your first time with us today. We've been going on this journey as a family, is what we've called it, going through the book of Acts. And so we started off with looking at Acts 1, where Ryan brought in a message about how Jesus ascended. He rose again from the dead, and he came, and he went to the disciples, and he told them to wait for him. You guys can hear me Okay. Awesome. And he told them to wait for them because he was going to send a gift to them. And that gift in the, in the life came in the form of John Urban, the amazing uh, lead worshiper here. Juicy J also goes by. And he brought the message on Acts 2 and talked about how, and I love Acts 2 because Jesus says something I think is quite profound. That here, us as the vineyard, we believe that the life that we live with the Holy Spirit is the only way that the Christian life is supposed to be lived. And you see what Jesus tells them, he tells them that when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, then they'll be empowered to bear witness to the truth in Jerusalem, to the other, Samaria, and the rest of the world. And I find that interesting because till the Holy Spirit came, it seems like Jesus said that till they received the Spirit, they were not able to bear witness to the truth. Till the truth, because the Holy Spirit, he, is the, he reveals the truth about who Jesus is. So till they'd received the spirit of truth, they couldn't proclaim truth from a place of deep understanding and revelation. So moving forward, we've been going through. So David brought a message in Acts 9 about this amazing, awesome guy. I'm going to use another word that I once upon a time used that I learned not to. Uh, called Paul. So Paul, and since Acts 9, we've been following the life of Paul. And so Paul is this guy who was super knowledgeable about the scriptures. And he comes up. And he starts sharing um, about Jesus. So he gets this amazing encounter with Jesus. He's like riding on a horse to this place. He gets knocked off the horse. He sees the Lord. And then they say he knows from 
trying to bring down Jesus and like stopping people from pursuing the way. He's now like the main guy, like telling people, hey, you guys need to know about Jesus. This guy's amazing. He'll change your life. Everything about you, everything about the way you see and the way you live will look different. And David brought us that message. And since then, we've been following Paul's life. And tonight, well, just last week, we had Ryan, our very own radical Ryan, who, side note, we actually dressed very similar tonight, and this was not planned. But I would just like to say that I think when you're standing up here, you just recognize that perhaps you were born for such a time as this, and that real recognizes real. And if you want to bring a great message, you got to get a boom, boom, boom. If any of you guys know, I love a good old dad joke. I think they're amazing. Um, but yeah, so Rai brought a message about faith and how faith is so central to the journey of a believer. And that's where I want to take off tonight. So if you guys want to go on this ride with me, buckle in. I don't know how this plane's going to land, but it's going to land somehow, some way. And believing that it'll be good and that you guys will hear from the Lord and not just hear from me. And I just want to print that real quick because really, I believe some of you are here to support me and I thank you for that and I appreciate that. But tonight would mean nothing. Well, I wouldn't care really if tonight you were left like, oh, that was, couldn't I spoke cool if you didn't encounter and get to hear from God yourself. And that's my desire for you guys. And that's my desire for myself. That we will leave this time, we will leave this hour having heard from God ourselves. Because we believe that he's here in this room and we believe that he wants to talk to you. He wants you to hear his voice and he wants you to know his immense, intense love for you. So I'm just going to take a brief second and pray that that happens to all of our hearts tonight. Yeah, Jesus, we love you, God. God, I thank you that you're the reason why we gather. You're the reason that we breathe, Lord. And actually tell us that we move and we find our being in you, God. And I pray that that truth will settle deeper in every heart tonight, Lord, that you're the God of love, you're the God of truth, and you're the God that pursues us with your love. And Lord, I pray that in any in this room that doesn't know that, Lord, may they, may they hear my words, but hear you through them, Lord. Lord, even outside of my words, God, because you don't need my words, may they hear you deep in their hearts and in their souls of who we are. May we hear the words of our Abba Father say, I love you and I long for you to know my love. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew 13, 31, Jesus is referring to the kingdom of God. It's something that we talk about a lot here, that the kingdom of God being the rule and the dominion of God. And in Matthew 13, verse 31, Jesus says the kingdom of God starts off like a mustard seed. And you can't see it right now, but there's actually a seed in that guy's hand. <laughs> and it blows me away because that's how small a mustard seed is. I've been thinking about that. Just, I'm just praying that through this week that Jesus says that the kingdom of God starts off like a mustard seed, which is barely visible in the guy's hand, and it grows and it grows into a tree. And not, just, not only a tree, but this tree grows into a place where other people can dwell and find a resting place. That says that the birds of the air can come and dwell and find shade. The animals and creatures of the earth can come and find shade out of that tree. 
acting up. All right, we keep talking. Okay, so in Matthew 13, verse 31, that's what Jesus says about a mustard seed. And moving forward, you know, I've been reading through, so reading through Acts 22 to 28, and it's so fascinating because in this, in this section of Scripture, all before, Jesus, Paul, who was the guy who got sent by Jesus, Paul is a prisoner. And I was reading that, and I, for the first three or so times I was reading through that, I kind of missed it. That the whole time through Acts 22 to 28, Paul is actually a prisoner. Yet, he's still preaching the gospel. He's still loving on people. He's still sharing the word. He's still healing in Jesus' name. Yet, he's in chains. And I was just thinking about that. I'm like, God, how? Because I sometimes I find myself in the opposite. Where on the outside, I'm not in chains. But I feel like I'm in chains on the inside. I feel restricted. I feel constrained. I feel... I feel like I'm not free. And anyone else can resonate with that. That you're not in chains, but you don't feel free. You don't feel like truly yourself. And so I've been reading that passage. I've been asking myself and asking the Lord, how do you live a life where you can be in any circumstance, but those circumstances don't determine your actions or your responses? How do we, how do we live this life Chains or no chains, being unmoved because of the truth of who we know and the truth of who we are because of what we know. And so that brings me to Acts 27, which is a passage where Paul is on, he's on this trip. He's been, he's actually just before the Jewish leaders and they've been accusing him of, uh, of lying and blaspheming God. And so the, he's uh, brought to the leaders and so he's, having like, there's this like um, court case that pretty much happens. And in this court case, it comes to a conclusion where Paul's going to get shipped off to Rome to go and see Caesar. And Paul's friends actually kind of freaked out. They're telling him not to go. And Paul's like, what are you guys trying to do? I should be going. This is what the Lord has told me, that I need to go to Rome. And so Paul's making his way over to Rome. And they're on this boat. And they're lost. And they're out at sea. And the waves and the winds get uh, tumultuous and gets really, really intense. And this is why I want to pick up the story. I want to pick up the story from Acts 27, verse 20. Give me a second. There we go. And in Acts 27, verse 20, it reads, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no, and no small tempest lay on us. All hope of our being saved was, lost, was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. This is fascinating. This is Paul, the prisoner, speaking to the free people, telling them you should have listened to them. He says, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete, and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. And so I have four points tonight, and the first point that I have, if the lovely Miss Emily can put that up, is this. Intimacy, which I love how a few leaders have put it that into me you see, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
You see, because in verse 20 it says, All hope of our being saved at, uh, at last was abandoned. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, so everyone here is recognizing that they had, had lost all hope of being set free. They had lost all hope of seeing past that day. But you read on and you see that Paul didn't. In a place where everybody had lost hope, Paul didn't. And I think Paul captured the truth about walking with Jesus that I think is this. That life in Christ starts with death. That Jesus says, see the issue with the human condition, Jesus says that not that he's got bad people that he's trying to make better. It's that there's actually a condition of our hearts that we are spiritually dead. We are actually not living at all. And that in Christ, we come and he, and he breathes a new word and he speaks a new word into us. That he's come to bring spiritual awakening to our hearts so we can live true, we can live free, and we can live the way we're created to live. And so Paul, I think, has really harnessed that truth because I think from starting from there, you grow in the relationship because Jesus didn't just come and save us so we could continue living on without any purpose or without any, without any drive. And Jesus came so that we could know an intimate, loving father. And so I think in that time, in the time from, from when Paul experienced his salvation experience, experienced him receiving the seed that starts off barely the size of a fingertip, he had harnessed and he had grown maturing this intimate relationship with God where he was allowing Jesus to see into him, and from that place, the hope of glory, which Christ is, that Christ came and unified himself with Jesus, and that the hope of glory that he found in Christ was now living, and he could see the hope in that situation, in a hopeless situation, and his eyes had never been moved from that place. And moving on. In verse 23, Acts 27 reads, For this very night they stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I've been told. But we must run aground on some island. And the verse I want to highlight is this, is verse 23. The verse 23 says, For this very night there stood before me an angel of the, of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And the second point I want, I want to stress is this. Well, that's actually the third point. My bad. The second point that I want to stress real quick is that in Christ, you belong. You belong to a loving father. You belong to a father who wants the best for you, who cares for you, who sees you, who adores you, and he wants you to know his heart. And it's in that father, and it's in that kind of God, that Paul was able to proclaim and to be who he was in that circumstance, to not lose hope in a hopeless circumstance. And so moving on to the third point. This is something that, <laughs> this is something that I'm, I've been thinking about and meditating a lot 
And I think I only have like this much understanding of, but something that's been blowing my mind of late throughout pretty much the whole semester. And that point is this. That faith is living by and seeing his perspective, his being Jesus, seeing his perspective about life, his perspective about circumstances. And this blows me away because faith is more than about just getting through the day-to-day and experiencing the day and trying to get through that day. That faith is actually an invitation that Jesus has for us, that we can live every day according to the way he sees, that we could see life the way he sees. And it's fascinating because (laughs) you look at the life of Jesus, and the way he saw life was so different from the way anyone else of his day and of our day was seeing life. And it's, it just fascinates me because in John 5, I've been thinking about this. And in John 5, it says that in John 5, 19, Jesus is talking about how he lives his life. And he says, I only do and see what the, hey, David, I only do and see what the Father is doing. And that, and that is the invitation that we could literally see life the way God sees life. And we can look at circumstances, we can look at situations and see through the Father's eyes. We can see through the eyes of love. We can see through the eyes of hope. And we can have an assurance that the circumstances, the situation, and that whatever we're going through will come out to the best. We can have an assurance and a rock in seeing the way God sees. And I love how Paul puts it. Paul puts it like this. In Galatians 2, that he says that I have been crucified with Christ. And the life I now live, I no longer live according to the flesh. I no longer live according to just regarding things from a natural eyes. Seeing this circumstance and then, that's, and then that situation throw me off. I no longer live that way. But I now live my life according to the faith of the Son of God. You think about it, so it's not a, he's not living his life according to his flesh, according to his buddy Peter's flesh, according to his other buddy John's flesh. He's living his life according to Jesus' faith. And that's a faith that never fails. That's a faith that's assured to always see through and to always stand firm in the truth of God and the truth of who he is. And that just excites me, that I can live this life according to God's faith, a faith that never fails. A faith that can't fail. Gets me excited. Gosh. <laughs> so good. Okay, moving on. In verse, yeah, in verse 30, in verse 33, and it's actually really cool. So, so Quick tangent again. So the faith that he has in Christ doesn't just mean that he does nothing about the circumstances that he's in, but he actually stirs him and a, a desire in him arises to actually continue um, to put his like, best foot forward. And he actually starts like doing things, but he's not doing things from a place of worry, but he's doing things from a place of rest. And so you see in verse 27 to 32, Paul is he's commanding and he's telling people, go ahead and do this, go ahead and do that. But you don't sense any stress, of, any sense of worry, any sense of fear, any sense of anxiety. It's just this peace and calmness as he's speaking and living. And that's the kind of faith that we can go to our classes, we can go to finals in a few weeks, we can come to the summer, we can be doing these things about the sense of peace and calmness as we see Christ in them. So moving on to 
verse 33. It says, As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, and having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And this is the bit right here. And when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. So here he is, Paul, on this boat that's people freaking out. People thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to die. This is terrible. We shouldn't have taken you, Paul. You should have stayed over here with us. And in the midst of all of that, he takes a second to pause and to give thanks. I just love that so much. And that brings me to the next point. That thanksgiving, I believe, is the bedrock for spiritual warfare. That if you're going through a challenge, that's the bedrock. That's the anchor. Because thanksgiving, it's actually a thing that thanksgiving, giving thanks and looking at the things that you're thankful of, actually shifts your perspective and shifts how you're seeing a circumstance, a situation, and seeing. And it actually opens you to see through the faith of God and to see through His eyes. And I love that not only, and I think I was wondering to myself, what is Paul giving thanks for? Like, what was there there for him to be giving thanks about or for? And I think it's this. And we sang this in a song actually earlier. He was giving thanks for the gospel that Paul knew. And Paul had come to a, a heart understanding that regardless of anything that may happen, or may have happened in that day, may have happened any future day, he could always give thanks for this truth. That the best thing that will ever happen, that has ever happened in his life, happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus came and showed his tremendous love for us by dying on the cross. And if there was anything else that he could be thankful of, it wasn't because of what he was going through, but who went through the most for him. He was, thanking, he was giving thanks not for what he was seeing and the circumstance he was in, but giving thanks for who God is, not for what he was experiencing. And that's something that any day and every day of our lives, we can be giving thanks for. We can be giving thanks to the reality of the gospel that changes everything for us and that changes our circumstances and that changes our seeing and our living and our being. Anyone here a TED Talks fan? Gosh, I love TED Talks. One of my favorite things. And there's a TED Talk that I listened to fairly recently by a lady called Brene Brown. And it's titled The Power of Vulnerability. Hey, someone recognized that one. It's Kate Irwin. Nice, nice. Okay. And in that TED Talk, this little bit that I wrote down here that she talks about. And she says this, that the biggest fear in humanity is, not, is the fear of connection. 
It's the fear that when we extend ourselves, when we open up our hearts to someone or to something, we would not be received. We would not be welcomed in. And, she, and what she finds about it is quite interesting to me. And she said that those who don't struggle with this fear, it's because they believe that they are worth it. And they believe that they deserve it. And I just can't help but think that Paul's sitting there and he's just like over and undone by God's love even in the midst of the circumstance that, wow, I'm going to stop right here and just reflect on the truth that Jesus came and he broke his body for me. A few weeks ago, we're celebrating, we're celebrating um, Easter. And Easter, that's where we celebrate that Jesus came and he, his body was broken, that we could be made whole. And Paul's resting in there and he's thinking about, wow, God, you, oh, I am worthy to be connected. I am worthy to be connected with you and I'm worthy to be connected with other people because you came and your body was broken for me and your blood was shed for me and for all the people in this boat to experience life and life truly and freely and completely. And then I want to end with this point. Kind of. We'll see. Might have another point. So we told you guys that we're going to go through the book of Acts. And we're going to get to the very end. So we're going to hop on over to the last few verses of Acts. And in Acts 28, verse 30 to 31, it says this. He, being Paul, lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And the point that I want to make is this, that there's seed in the fruit. That so Paul has taken the hope of the gospel, Christ in him, and he's taken that he can stand firm and he can see life and see situations through the faith and that he has in Jesus. And that he can always give thanks in any situation or in any circumstance. And then he comes to this. And I think it's so fascinating that Paul spent two years in that place. And in those two years, I was doing a bit of research and in those two years, it's believed that Paul wrote the book of Philemon, the book of Philippians, the book of Colossians, other books that we find in the scriptures that have impacted believers for generations and generations and generations and generations. And that, that one seed that Paul was, that was deposited in Paul had led to so much fruit on beyond and even more seeds that were birthed through the, through the vineyard. Like we think of like all of us are here because of something that happened through happen die with them birthing the vineyard. 
And that was a result of something that happened to someone else that gave them the gospel. And through someone else that gave them the gospel. And you can track back all these generations. And from that one seed of Jesus Christ being born, birthed so many seeds that Paul stewarded and led to more seed as well. That leads me to this question. From that seed, what fruit is available for us today? That there's so much that's been sown. What's, what fruit is there for us to take a hold of and for us to, to steward and for us to consume? Because there are things that have been deposited in this church, deposited on this campus. There are people in this room that have truths that have intimacy with God, that have experiences with the Lord that we could step into, that we could partner with, that we could learn from them and gird that fruit. And the fruit that we experience and the, that seed that could be birthed in us, that could, what could that do with generations later to come? That the seed that we could be stewarding right now could lead to fruit for people in the future. In Matthew 13, verse 31, Jesus says that, and the worship team, you can stop making your way back up if you'd like. But in Matthew 13, verse 31, Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, and it grows into a tree. And I'm just thinking, summer's coming, and it's a great time for us to nurture the seed of truth and the seed that Christ has put in us. Because all of us have a seed that has been implanted in our hearts. And perhaps there's some of you here right now who haven't, who haven't taken on a relationship and haven't experienced a relationship with Christ. And if that's you in that room, there's seed available for you tonight. There's a truth of a relationship and a revelation of intimacy with Jesus that's available for you tonight. And so as we step into this next time of worship, I want to invite you guys, that if there's anyone who knows that they want to be in a relationship with Jesus, that there was something that was tugging in on their hearts, and they want to experience that loving relationship that Jesus has to offer. I want to invite you guys to, to stand up with us in this song. And there'll be a bunch of leaders at the back that will be praying. They'll be ready to pray for you guys. We love and we believe in the power of prayer. And we'd love to be able to pray for you guys and pray with you guys. That you experience the life-giving and fruit-giving relationship with God that changes the life and allows us to see the way God sees, to live the way God lives, and to be an intimate relationship with truth intimate relationship with hope and an intimate relationship with joy. I want to invite you guys to stand up with me real quick. You're right. Can you pass? Can you pass the... This is one of those many, many seeds, while well, the fruit of the many seeds that Paul harvested, and that's 
And Ephesians 1 is an amazing, amazing book. And there's a prayer in it that I've been praying that I want to pray over you guys. That Paul prays for the people, that he, the church that he birthed in Acts 20. So if you guys would put your hands over your heart, I'd love to pray this over you. Paul says this. I pray that the light of God will brighten the eyes of your innermost being, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of our great hope of glory. We know that is the reason he called you to himself. And I pray that you explore and experience for yourselves all the riches of this wealth that has been freely given to all of his holy ones for you are his true inheritance. My prayer for you is that every moment you will experience the measureless power of God made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power at work in you and through you. This is the resurrection power that was released through Christ when God raised them from the dead. This resurrection power raised us up and seated us with him at his place of supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted higher than all the thrones and principalities above every other ruler and authority and above every realm of power there is. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And everything now finds its essence in him. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in this life. God, I just pray right now that every heart will experience the truth of those words, that you're the source of everything that we need in this life. And Lord, I pray that you come, God, and you speak to us, you continue to speak to us, and show us how to live a life that builds fruit and that grows into fruit that remains, that not just feeds us, not just sustains us, but sustains the people around us, our family, our friends, and this world that needs to know you, this world that's dying and in desperate need to know you. I pray in your amazing son's name, God. In Jesus' name.
So, so at this point, we want to have some time where we can pray for people. And we believe that, you know, there's power in prayer. But I believe there's a special call tonight. I believe there's some people here that have really, you've heard about Jesus. Maybe some people in your life knew about Jesus. Maybe you went to a church that kind of talked about Jesus. But you've never really truly experienced Jesus. And I believe that the Lord wants to do something special tonight. And if that's you, I encourage you, there's going to be some awesome leaders in the back. Whether it's you need prayer for a math test or you need prayer because you don't know who this Jesus guy is. We want to pray for you. also that God wants to, if there's anyone who's got a, like a family situation, I feel like, yeah, I feel like health situation and a family member that's been like prob a problematic situation, I feel like even chronic illnesses, but just something that like family, a family situation, a family member, a brother, a sister, a mom or dad, I feel like God really wants you to know that he cares about families that like you belong in a family and you, you belong in a, in a spiritual family and an earthly family as well. That the families that he's put you in are not, a, are not a mistake and not a surprise and that the things that might be burdening you and your family that God wants to bring breakthrough to those areas and he wants to touch those areas as well. So if anything with like family situations sits well with, um, hits with you and like that's something that you want prayer for, I just feel like it's a brother or sister that like is, go, is going through something. I feel like it is like a, like an illness that they've been resting for a while. And if, that, and if that's anyone in this room, I, I encourage you to go to the back. I personally would love to pray for you. I love seeing God move and work in people's lives and families. And if that's even you in the room as well, I invite you to come back and let us pray for you. Let us see Jesus bring the hope and light that he is to your situation. So I, I'm getting the sense that there's a person here with initials A-H. Anybody here with an initials A-H? A-Apple-H? No? Okay. There's a, I believe that there's somebody here. There's a young woman who may be a sophomore, may, may be a junior. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that there is a young lady who has an estranged relationship with their mother and uh, I believe that there's this a relationship going on with their mother and you like you're not really feeling it the sophomore junior is there anybody here that fits that bill any way shape form I want to speak directly to you yes yes okay come here real quick can you come here what, what, what what's your name Blaine, okay, B. What's your last name? Moxley. Moxley, BM, okay. Can you come up here, please? What's your name? What's your name, sis? Oh, come on up, come on up. I just want to bless you guys right now in Jesus' name. I, I really sense that Holy Spirit is saying that there's going to be a breakthrough in, in the relationship with your mother coming as long as you continue to stay fixated on Jesus, to stay fixated on the author and perfecter of your faith, to stay grounded and rooted in love, that you continue to keep loving like Jesus, you're going to be sensing a breakthrough coming soon 
really soon. I believe that there's going to be a reaching out that's going to happen from your mother in a very unexpected fashion that's coming around the corner sometime. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be the next time you go home. But I believe that in the next few visits, there's going to be a reaching out from your mother, and you're going to be able to give them the opportunity to, to show them Jesus' love in a real, real way. And I just bless that on your life in Jesus' name. So, Father, if you guys can lift your hands out to these two. So, Father, I just bless these two women of God. And I ask that you continue to take them from breakthrough to breakthrough, from glory to glory, from mountaintop to mountaintop as they press in for a stronger relationship with their mother, with their mother, Lord God. And then, Father, bless their mother's hearts, both of them. Bless their mother's hearts so that they soften to the gospel. They soften to the love that's being shown, and they feel your presence there. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Does that make sense, guys? Girls? Okay, God bless you guys. You guys can go back over. There's um, a guy here who, um, if you want, do, do, you, do you keep these guys standing up? Okay, well, there's a guy here, I believe, that there's a, a feeling like you're being harassed by this depressive spirit. It, it's not that you have depression, but you're being harassed by a, the spirit of depression. It's not who you are, but recently you've been feeling depressed and feeling like you're alone and feeling like you're isolated. And if that's you, I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you today. You can come up and see me, and I would love to pray for a breakthrough for you today. But I believe it's a young man. Um, I don't know what year. I'm not getting the year. But I believe it's a, a, a I believe it's even an athlete, an athlete, a person who's really, you know, an apt, a, a person that's been playing something. And you feel like, you know what, I've had thoughts that, that just aren't me. And it's like telling me to maybe kill myself. It's telling me maybe to just go and like do things I don't normally want to do. And if that's you, I want to pray for you today. Yeah, guys. So if you want prayer and what we're doing right comes right out of 2 Corinthians 14. We're given prophetic words that we believe God is speaking. So there's good people back there. Lace, if you can come back in the crowd. Only leaders back there, please, because we want leaders to pray for people. They've been trained, safe people that would love to partner with you to prayer. So take a risk. Kunda will be back there. Clay and myself will be back there. And let God speak to you through these next couple songs.
When I was 21 years old, I went to a church service because I liked a girl and she invited me. And I'm at this church and they're doing stuff like this where they have ministry time and I'm like, what the heck are they doing? And they said, if no one knows Jesus, we want to invite you to come up and let us pray for you. But I grew up in the church. I grew up a Lutheran. I said the sinner's prayer, Jesus, I believe in you, forgive me of my sins. But there was a, I knew God as a distance God, not as a real relational friend and Savior. 
And in that moment, guys, I couldn't explain it, but I put my hope in everything from drugs to drinking to girls to money to image to sports to anything that I thought would fill me up. And I was just rock bottom. I was done of trying everything else except Jesus. I didn't want to be like my grandma who loved Jesus. (laughs) But there was a hope and a light that when I looked into my grandma's eyes, I said, I'm done trying my own way. For once, I'm going to listen to grandma. And I went up into that moment, and I was afraid, and I walked up an aisle like this, and I was the only one. And a pastor came and laid, put his hand on my shoulder and just started praying. And for the first time in my life, I closed my eyes and said, Jesus, I believe, I believe, I believe. I don't want to continue to waste my life. I don't want to continue to live for stuff that complete, c- continues to fail me. I want to know you. If you're real, I want to be the man that you created me to be. I want to be the husband you created me to be one day and the father you created me to be. And I want to live a life that matters, God. I don't want to live for things and for people that that doesn't matter and that's ruining my life. And and there was a a crossroads in my life. And at that point, I, I realized I needed a change. And guys, I don't know if anyone right now feels the way I did. But I feel like I'm supposed to take a risk right now and said, if that's you, would you come up front and let me pray for you? Jesus, come on. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? I believe there's two more people in this room. I'm telling you guys, it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. And this isn't some hoax. This is a real life transformation. Is there anyone else? All right. Oh man, what, what's your name, bro? Praveen. Praveen. Dude, <laughs> Praveen. <laughs> man, let's give Praveen a round of applause. Well, hey, we're, we're family. So Praveen, can we pray for you as a family right now? You guys, extend your hands. Abby Ann, why don't you come up here? I know Abby Ann invited you here tonight, right? Yeah. Well, man, we just, there, there's no special equation. It says in the Bible that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is, in Lord, is, if Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he died on the cross for you, then you are saved. And so, God, I just pray right now for my brother, God, and I thank you that he had the courage to come up in front of all these people and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. So, God, I thank you right now that you are real and that you love Praveen and that when you died on the cross, you thought of him. And I believe there's been people in your life that has tried to hold you back from this. And, God, we just pray the faith that you've given me and Mark and Abby and all of us in this room would come onto Praveen's heart and life right now, Jesus, that he would know that you are real and that he would know that he is saved and that there is a party in heaven right now going on because he's asking you into his life. So, Praveen, there's no special equation, man. But if you just close your eyes, just picture his face. And in your own words, we just ask him in your heart. We just, we just tell him you believe in him. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I love you. And I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and make me the man that you created me to be. 
And I accept your free gift of salvation and I choose to live for you the rest of my life. Fill me, Holy Spirit, and empower me with your love and your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, guys, give him a round of applause. Hey, Mark's going to get you a Bible. We're going to talk to you, man. Hey, dude, this is a, a moment that you will always remember. There's a party in heaven right now going on because you've asked Jesus in your heart. And I can look in your eyes and I see it, it's real. Yeah, man. Hey, is there anyone else? Clay, you got anything? Is there anyone else? We believe there's two more people. I'm telling you guys, we normally don't do it like this. All right, let me ask you this. Is there anyone that's grown up, Clay, come up here. If there's, if there's anyone that's grown up in church and you've kind of known Jesus, but you feel like you've just faded away, you feel like you started living for the world more than him. Is there anyone that wants to rededicate their life to Christ right now? Real recognizes real and says, Jesus, I want to know you and I want to live for you. Anyone? Okay. I just got done praying for two people who were battling the spirit of depression. But I really feel like there's a, a specific call for renewal, a renewal in their hearts. And I believe this. Here, here's what I, I'm going to say. If you can just feel me just for a second. I believe that there's somebody tonight, right now, feeling unworthy, feeling unloved, has been feeling that way for a while. You've been warm, you know how to walk as a Christian, but you feel like you're not really walking as a worthy one. You're not qualified. You're not, you're not doing something like right. You're always feeling like you're on the fringe or on the margin. But I just want to go ahead and say to that person that Jesus loves you and that he's for you. And it's not cliche. It's not corny. It's not corny for someone to see here and say, Jesus loves you. Because you know what? That reality brings so much truth. That reality brings so much freedom. The day I knew that Jesus truly, really, 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 really loved me is the day that I was able to rise up and have the power to say no to porn. To say, that I had the power to say no to the club life. That I had the power to say no to drugs and all the other stuff. People, the fact that people say Jesus loves you all the time, I get it. But that is powerful words. Those are powerful words. And I believe that somebody here today does not really feel loved. They don't feel loved. And now Christianity is not a feeling. We don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. We, walk, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. So my question is, if that is you, and you want to touch from God. You need to be renewed in the Holy Spirit. Come up right now. I'm going to be up here until you come. Because I know that there's someone here who needs that. Don't be embarrassed. If you're scared and your heart's beating out your chest... Because you think that I'm calling you out, but you really don't want to come, then I'm talking to you. Come on up. There's freedom in that. Yeah, I, I just want to confirm that word. I didn't talk to him. And I literally was just going to come up and say, we've asked if anyone wants to be saved. We've had one person come. We asked if anyone want to rededicate their life to Christ. 
The third question is this. Who's been living a life that we know about God in our head, but we're not living the life filled with the Holy Spirit that he empowers us and blesses us to live? Guys, I believe God wants to do something real and transformational in our lives tonight. And it's saying yes to his spirit. It's saying yes for him to do something new in your life and to use you in a way that he's never used you before. You know who you are. Will you come up? This is what we're going to do. John's about to go into our last song, and it's called, I Will Build My Life. Clay and I are going to wait up here because I know, I think there's at least five people that are going to come up during this song. Let God speak to you through this song. And if you want him to build your life, if you want him to use you in a radical way that you've never been used before, come up and let us pray for you. Guys, I, I so am this close to calling you out by name because I know, I can see who it's on, but I, I don't want to do that. So I'm being honest, I will call you out by name. You know I will. But God's going to speak to you. Will you respond? Let's go. Real recognizes real. No more playing games.
I got like one thing real quick on my mind as I'm praying. I want to just say this. You, everyone, you are uniquely and wonderfully made. I'm going to say this again. You are fearfully, uniquely, and wonderfully made, every one of you. God made you to be you, not somebody else. God made you to be new, you, not somebody you see on TV, not somebody you see wherever. God made you to be you, and you will sell this world short if you try to be anybody else but you. You will sell your world short if you try to be anybody else but you. Some of y'all need to realize that I have a gift to bring to the world. I have something to give to the world. And you are uniquely you. There's nobody else that can do what you do. God made you you for a purpose. So don't ever sell yourself short by trying to imitate, by trying to procrastinate, by trying to, to demonstrate you being someone else. No, don't play yourself. And I believe that somebody here today needs to recognize that truth, needs to realize that truth, that you are you, regardless of what the world says, that you are you, regardless of what the world tries to put on you, that you are you for a reason, by the grace of God, I am who I am. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I care what he thinks about me. And because I care what he thinks about me, I will be the world, I will do the world a favor by being me. So don't sell yourself short. I just have to say it. For those that are too scared to come up for prayer for that, that's fine. But just don't sell yourself short. For others that want to come up for prayer, for just that word alone, come up here on this side right now. Again, if you're scared, that's okay. You can still come up. If you want to stay there, that's fine. But come on up here right now if that word resonated with you in any way, shape, form. I'm done.
fresh in this place. Yeah, God, I just bless what you're doing right now. Something fresh in this place. I just bless what you're doing. <laughs> Guys, it started with one person coming up, and look what's happening. We just bless what you're doing, God. And God, we just break the chains of religion right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that you are a God who's meant to be experienced, not just known in the scriptures, not just known in our minds, but known in our hearts. And I just feel like I hear that verse when Peter says, Jesus, how can someone be saved? And he says, by yourself it can't be done. Will you accept the gift? Will you accept the power? Will you accept me in your heart? Because with God, all things are possible. So guys, we're going to go into one more thing. If you need to go, there's food out there. We bless you. We hope to see you next week at Worship on the Quad. But if you want to stay, it's going to get ramped up another to another level. But here's the question. Will you enter in? Will you say yes to him in a new way, in a fresh way? And will you let him empower your life in every way you know he needs it?
Yeah, God, I thank you that there is power in your great name, Father. I thank you there is power in Jesus' name. And I just feel like he's showing you right now that there is power. And I, God, I just, I just feel like when, when we're being attacked, when there's stuff coming against us, there's power in the name of Yeshua. And God, I just thank you for every person that got prayer tonight. I thank you there's, for the faith. And I thank you that you are a rewarder of faith. And I thank you that there's power in your name. So God, as we end with this song, remind us that there is power in your name because there's power in you and that you are alive in us. If you want prayer, we're still up here. We're not going anywhere until the Y kicks us out. So we got 15 more minutes.
<laughs> okay, so we were just singing a song about, um, not just, but we did sing a song about what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. And it is the most beautiful name, but I hear God saying, you know what? Your name is beautiful too. And I gave you that name and I love you so much and nothing compares to it to me. So God is saying right now, he loves you so much and all he wants you to do is just love him back. He just wants you to give him his heart and say yes to him. This is so weird, but this is for, this, that, that word's true for everyone. But um, I'm sorry, I don't know your name yet, but I feel like the Lord is really speaking that to you. And he wants you to know that you were so precious and beautiful in his sight. And there's been times where I feel like you've looked in the mirror. Where's Kate Irwin or some of the girls can come over here, Dale? And I just feel like there's been times you've looked in the mirror and you haven't believed that. And he wants to show you how beautiful and precious you are. And I just feel like that word is so for you. And so God, I just pray for her right now. I just pray for her that she knows how beautiful and loved that she is that she is beautiful and precious in your sight and that she's your daughter who you love. She's your daughter who you love. I thank you, God, right now. You're showing her how you see her through your eyes and your heart. here had back pain coming in check your back out because I believe that God's healing that back right now so if anybody had back pain lower back strain or anything like that check your back and if God is healing your back wave your hand up let me check and see yeah oh my goodness we got one back there praise the Lord who who here has back pain still? Still. Who has back pain still? Nobody? Okay. We've been praying for that thing. How do you want to end this, dude? Hey, guys. So next week, it's worship on the quad. We're going to be outside on the quad. Can you guys give me a roar if you want Clay to come back next week? Can you guys give me a roar if you want Clay to come back next week? Clay, Clay didn't get to speak this year, and I just... I just <laughs> Hey, will you, will you pray about it? Will you pray about it? Hey, I'll talk to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> she loves me, bro. Hey, for real, guys. Hey, we just give Clay a round of applause. Tell him thanks for coming out. And guys, God's doing something in this place. And you're a part of it. You're a part of it. I just gave this word to Dale. It's to me. And this, this word's for you, Aaliyah. This word's for you. It's time. It's time. It's time. You're coming out of that storm, and he's going to use you now to go back and get others. It's an amazing romance of how he blesses us to receive and then uses us to give. And as, as he uses us to give, he blesses us to receive. And you're a lifeguard. You're a lifeguard. He's going to use you. You just got to believe in yourself because he believes in you. Yeah. So, God, I just thank you for what you've done tonight. I thank you for our new brother in Christ and the family, for the three or four that rededicated their lives, for our other brother in Christ and our family that Gabe's talking to. We bless him and we say thank you, Jesus, 
for being real and for moving in ways that only you can. Guys, Mark's going to get you a Bible. Gabe's going to get you a Bible. We're here for you guys. This is what family's about. We thank you for our brothers from InterVarsity coming and for God moving in a way and touching them and refreshing them. And we pray for what you've done in them, God, that it spreads out through InterVarsity now and all across this campus. We thank you for our brother back there that's a civil engineer that knows Kundai that came. I believe his name's Paul, maybe. Paul, is that right? Maybe? No? No. We thank you, Jesus that you give us grace when we mess up names. <laughs> we love you. And we just thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. That you're faithful to complete the work that you started. Yeah. This is just the beginning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, well, we'll see you next week. Worship on the quad at 8 o'clock. If it rains, we will be at the Vineyard Church. If it rains, I'll send out a text message. So if, uh, subscribe to that text message service if you don't uh, already have it. We love you and God bless you.